0: friends, to the 1,000 Hours Outside podcast. My name is Ginny Yurich. I am the founder of 1,000 Hours Outside. I have my friend back with me today, Greta Eskridge. Welcome, welcome, Greta. Thank you've you. Got a, you've got a fun name. I love the name Greta. Thanks. It's like- There are name. not very many Gretas around. Yeah. I love your name, too. I mean, you both have um, a little, unusual names. A little more unique. So uh, Greta has love been- your
1: name uh, when we're a kid.
0: I did. Yeah. I like having a name that not a lot of people have. How about you? Yeah. I did too. But um, I
1: didn't until I was about six and my, one of my aunts gave me a book called Little Greta of Denmark. And until then I never saw my name anywhere, you know, like on those yeah. license plates or a cup or a pencil, yeah. never there was Greta. And so I kind of was sad, like I didn't have my name anywhere, but then she gave me this book and it was about this little girl who grew up in Denmark. And I was like... That's me, and then I
0: loved Aww, it. Oh, that's really that's a cute story, isn't it? Interesting how sometimes these little things leave such an impact. That yeah. your aunt buying yeah. that book. I that. still have
1: the book. It's a treasure.
0: Aww, it is. That's so cute. Yeah. Oh well, Greta and I go way back to the Wild and Free conference from last fall, um, and we've also already done a podcast episode together, uh, and we'll be doing another one. <laughs> So, this is great news for me because it's a chance to talk to a friend, but Greta wrote this fabulous book, Adventuring Together, How to Create Connections and Make Lasting Memories with Your Kids. It's a fabulous read. I loved it, and I constantly see people posting about this book. Um, It gave me a bunch of ideas, and so we already podcasted about that. We chatted about this awesome book, and... And you have another book coming next month um, in March, and that is 100 Days of Adventure. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that one?
1: Yeah, that is um, a book for kids, and it's a uh, 100 different activities uh, based seasonally, so there's 25 for each season, and the idea is to get kids to just engage with the real world, so that could be through books, through outside adventures, through art activities, cooking, museum trips, but just to experience the world and just to have adventures and it was so fun to imagine myself as a little eight-year-old girl. What would she have liked? And yeah. to remember myself and to write for her. It was amazing. And then to think about the kids who will be reading it. Like, it was it was a blast. And um, I hope that kids will
0: uh, enjoy adventuring
1: with the ideas that are in the, in the book.
0: Oh, I'm sure they will. And you know, it's interesting. I think kids innately know that the real world experiences are good for them, and I think they're drawn to those types of books. So we're probably we're going to be podcasting about that book here soon. Um, but definitely keep your eye out for that. I'm sure by the time this one. Um, launches that you can pre-order and pre-ordering is always really helpful for authors. Um, and so you want to pre-order that book, we will definitely be pre-ordering and excited to go through that one with our family. Um, our topic today though is, is, uh, very different from those two books. And this is something that we haven't talked about on the podcast before, but I think is a very pertinent topic. And, um, and so we're going to be talking about pornography today on the podcast. And so if you have little ears around, uh, We will really sort of delicately dance around, but um, it might not be one for little ears. Greta uh, has just really taken up this fight and has incredible information. And so I am really grateful to hear what she has to say. And um, this is a topic that everyone, I think it's on everyone's mind, Greta, but that um, I'm not getting a whole lot of information about. Uh, Would you say that sort of... uh, other people's similar experiences.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of parents are concerned. They know it's out there. They know it's something their kids have already dealt with or are going to deal with. But as parents, they just they don't know how to deal with it. They're like, yeah. I know it's out there. I know our kids are going to face. It. How do I handle it? What do I say? Right. Uh, I'm lost, and that's yeah. how. I think a lot of parents feel.
0: Yeah, well, we're in this sort of brand new territory uh, with the internet and smartphones. I'm gonna I'm gonna set this up with a little bit of a story, and then sort of hand it over to you a little bit to to share what you've learned um, as a mom and as a parent, and um, and uh, you know, hopefully we go away with some tools and just some thoughts. Um, so so my story is that uh, I used to be a public school teacher. And I'm just in a normal district, you know, like, uh, you know, kids, good kids, good parents, you know, involved parents and um, and, you know, a district where um, I think, you know, kids aren't getting in a ton of trouble and and that sort of thing. And so um, and. My last year, I was a math coordinator for the whole district, so I was making sure that all the classrooms were in line with the state curriculum and that sort of thing, and so that took me into all the different levels of classrooms, and I was at a parent meeting um, this would have been back in 2007 uh, before the iPhone came out. But I was in a parent meeting in the evening to talk about the math curriculum. <laughs> Exciting. Uh, but the police were all, also there um, as a part of this parent meeting. And they were there because the seventh grade class, um, the seventh grade students who are, I think, around 12, um, We're having relations with each other and they were videotaping it on their flip phones and then sending it to the class. And I just remember um, thinking a lot of things, really. I I remember thinking about being in seventh grade and how hard it was to be a seventh grader. Uh, I remember not wanting to go back to school. I, you know, I thought... Um, there's so much of this popularity. There's so much pressure. Um, in our middle school, there was like this spot where the cool kids stood, you know, and like occasionally maybe you'd get to stand there. And there was just so much peer pressure to look a certain way and to talk a certain way. And I just thought, what would seventh grade have been like if there were also this pressure? Um, if what's going through the seventh grade are these videos, and and then also what is it like to? As a twelve-year-old, you know, have those videos of yourself out in the world that you can't take back, you know. And um, so I was—that really affected me. Uh, as twelve-year-olds are really young, and and then we had our first child in two thousand eight, and um, I left the public school system. Um, and then the iPhone, I think, came out in two thousand nine, and so I have not seen uh, the change, um, but I would imagine that. You know, if this is what was happening on flip phones in 2007, that you know the change has been very dramatic um, with having these these computers in our pockets, basically. So, you know, I think that every parent you know assumes it's not their kid, uh, but it was someone's kids uh, that were doing that. And and additionally, I think you know within a school environment, even if it's not your child's, your child knows what's going on, and. um, you know so that information is out there, and so it it made it it made it seem a lot more real. You know these are twelve year olds, and and probably the sixth graders know what's going on too. And you know um, that this is this is starting very young. So so um, there's a couple topics there maybe, which is age, yeah, um, age accessibility, um, and and sort of you know, this, this world that maybe we don't know about, um, what, what's sort of going on in this world of teenagers and and preteens that maybe we don't really know.
1: Yeah. Well, I would start by saying, um, it's important for parents to realize that the average age of exposure to pornography is 11. So that's, um, long before teens, long before high school. And a lot of experts are now saying it's even younger, like around the age of eight, Um, which is hard to wrap your head around because an eight-year-old should be watching, you know, the Lego movie, Um, you know, and and should not um, have to deal with the trauma that would come from exposure to pornography. But that's the world we live in because kids are on screens so much yeah. And because they're on screen so much, there is just the opportunity for accidental exposure or um, for something to happen, like a simple search that um, you mistype one word or you type in um, a regular search. You didn't even mistype. It could be something like Disney princesses in Your child is innocently looking for pictures of Ariel or Princess Jasmine and they're looking at Google Images and scroll down just a little ways and suddenly there's um, an image of Princess Jasmine or Ariel and it's pretty sexy and your child is interested because wow, I'm not used to seeing the Disney princesses look that way and they click on it and suddenly they're just taking down a rabbit hole. And that is not their fault, right? That's the fault of the people who are creating pornography and who are purposely creating um, avenues for kids to be exposed to pornography. Mm -hmm. Um, There's opportunity for young kids to be exposed to pornography when they're You know, at a sporting event, they're sitting in the dugout or Mm -hmm. playing hockey or (laughs) riding the bus or whatever it is, and somebody shows them a picture or they send it to the class similar to the story you told. Where, you know, one kid is like, ha ha, I'm going to show everybody in class what I've been looking at and sends it out to everybody's Chromebook. Because even though there are firewalls and there is supposed to be software in place to protect them, um, the kids and the people who are producing pornography know how to get around a lot of it and they're going to try. And so knowing that, it's our responsibility as parents, not to hide our heads in the sand and say like, yeah. oh, my kid's too young. It's not going to happen. Or they're, you know, I put some um, software on the computer so it's safe. Instead, we need to really be honest about the fact that um, it's not like if my kid gets exposed to porn, but when and when they are exposed to porn, whether that's at eight or 18, do they know what to do? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting um, because, you know, we are, when Thousand Hours Outside is not an anti screen movement. Um, yeah. You know, I talk about, uh, there's a statistic that says, um, that kids are outside playing for four to seven minutes a day, but they're on screens for four to seven hours. That's an American average, you know, this imbalance of play versus a virtual versus real. And, and so occasionally I've posted that statistic and, you know, and some parents get up in arms, you know, stop vilifying screens. You know, that's, that's sort of the, the rhetoric. And, um, you know, that's not, that's not my MO. I mean, you know, we watch TV and, and things like that. Although I, I am really intrigued by the, the, the families that don't have screens, I do think that's really cool, um, you know. But we we're not there, and and uh, you know, and so for the most part, you know, I don't think that screens are evil. I you know, I think that they take um, valuable time uh, that you know kids or adults need to develop and grow, and um, there's that risk. And I and I think that there's some addictive qualities to video games and things, but but pornography is is a whole. Um, beast in, a, in and of itself. And, um, and so I, I do think that the consequences there are, can be very dire and long lasting. So, you know, do you have any information, Greta, about what happens? What happens when a kid is eight years old or 11 years old or 14 years old or 18 years old and gets exposed uh, to pornography?
1: Well, the research is fairly new in this area because it's a fairly new um phenomenon that's taking place. Yeah. But there are alarming trends that are happening. For example, um, we're seeing things like child on child sexual abuse because kids are acting out the things that they see. And um, that's a pretty new phenomenon. Yeah. Um and in fact Some experts are even saying things like um, kids being exposed to pornography or child sexual abuse material, which is um, what it's often being called, is actually um, a kind of sexual abuse, even though it's not being done to them physically. But the images or the, the videos, the things that they're seeing are so damaging that it's um akin to being physically abused mm. so um the thing is is that wow. uh it, it the difference of course um there is going to be a difference of course for every child and um based on their own personality how sensitive they are to things um the type of exposure the length of exposure if they go back um, to look at more. All of those things are factors. But the important thing to remember is that what what is happening is that their first views into the world of sexuality um, are often ones that are um, violent because the nature of porn now is incredibly violent. And so pornography has changed. And, And sometimes parents will think, um, back to like their own childhood. If they saw a Playboy magazine, you know, that a right. that a dad or a parent had hidden in the bathroom or under the bed or whatever. And they're like, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but pornography has really changed and, um, it has become incredibly violent. And, um, and to be honest, like, um, more uh, vile than I think a lot of us can even mm-hmm. begin to comprehend. And so for a kid to see that and to be exposed to that view of uh, sexuality and of interactions between men and women and the way a woman is being treated, um, the, the role a man is playing, um, that's going to make an impression on them. And um, that's why I said it's as parents, we have to help our kids Be prepared for what um, to do if they encounter that, so that they're not paralyzed with fear. Um, And then just like, what do I do with what I'm seeing? Um, And also, if they're curious, because that is a real life um, experience as well like, what am I seeing? Like, this piqued my curiosity, that they know what to do with that as well. And so, we really have to help them be able to navigate uh, how to respond so that it doesn't grow and mushroom into something that could become um, really
0: damaging for them. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including calorie-smart, dot Factormeals.com slash Outside50 to get 50% off. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit BetterHelp.com/slash one thousand hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P dot com/slash one thousand hours. Yeah, I um, I uh, had this. You know, I only have a, a very few uh, touch points here, um, but I have one more, and this okay. would have also been before. Before the iPhone, I'm pretty sure. But I when our when our kids were young, or maybe right around there, I joined MOPS, um, which stands for Mothers of Preschoolers. So is this group, and we get together, and there was like a uh, babysitters for your kids. So it was like this fantastic thing, That's you know. You're like, like you're like drowning, you know, <clears throat> and yeah. so you get to anyways. They always brought my kids back because they were always crying. But um, anyway, so twice a month, you know, we go and there was a breakfast. And anyway, one of the years I did it, um, they they showed this video series called Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. So it, it wasn't married couples. It was all just women. Um, and it's by this guy named Mark Gungor. And he's really funny. You know, it was that's why it's called Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. It was like this little comedy thing. And so I don't know, occasionally they show these videos. And they were entertaining and, and thought provoking. But one of the things he talked about, like what you were just talking about, was sort of this imprint, um, or first impression. And he said that especially for, for men or young boys, that their first sexual experiences, uh, imprint on, on their, on their brain. It's, you know, such a powerful thing. And, um, so he talked about it even in terms of like, you know, if, if a certain bird hatches out of an egg and, you know, the first thing it sees is a cat, and then it thinks the cat's its mother. It's that imprint, right? That like it sticks. It's like seared there, and that's what he was saying about for you know young men with their first sexual experiences. And he said, um, you know, so you know if it's in the context of marriage, um, you know that's that's a really different thing than if it's in the backseat of the car, you know, this rush thing, or you know, or if it's or if it's a um, a pornography experience that 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 yeah. first experience. You know, leaves a really marked impact. And, um, so that's something that has really stuck with me now that, you know, we have kids and kids that are teenagers and, um, You know, you think, you know, one of our rules is to not look at other people's phones. You know, if you're someone else, you know, all their friends have phones already, you know, so if you're sitting next to someone and they're scrolling through, you know, you're not to look. I mean, who knows? I don't know if they do or not. That's what we talk about. That's what's so tricky, you know. Um, So so, what are some of the tools? um, What are are you saying to your kids? You know, what are the conversations in your home? Uh, what do you recommend that parents do?
1: So just for um, context, my kids are now 17, 15, 13, and 10. And um, so the conversations with my older teens um, are, I mean, we talk about everything and um, there's pretty much nothing that they couldn't ask me. Um, and um there's pretty much nothing that I wouldn't talk about with them. A lot of times our conversations are brought up because of, um, like it's not like we sit down every week for, okay, it's time for pornography talks with mom or pornography right. talks with mom and dad. Um, um, they're more organic. Like something comes up, I'm reading an article and I say, oh my gosh. And then we'll say, what are you, what, what are you, Why are you saying? Oh my gosh. And then I'm like, do you really want me to tell you? <laughs> and they're like, yes, tell us. Um, or we see something when we're driving on the freeway and, you know, a sign or um people have stickers on their car that we've seen that are totally soft porn and and you you pull up next to this car and it's covered with stickers. It's like we can't not talk about that. And so it's a perfect opportunity to have conversations with my older teens. But when my kids were younger, um which I think is the place where a lot of parents feel stuck. we simply started by talking about what to do if they saw pornography. Mm-hmm. So I started by telling them, first of all, what it was. And um, when they're l- little, like six or seven, they don't need hardly any <laughs> information at all other than pornography is. And that the definition that you as a family have decided um, as parents or um, caregivers that you've decided what pornography is. So I would say something like there's this thing called pornography and it's not good for your brain or your heart. And it's my job to keep you safe from it. Pornography is pictures or movies of people, um, with no clothes on showing all their privates. And if you see it on a phone or when you're playing a game and a pop-up ad comes, or you're looking on, um, you know, Netflix or YouTube, then I want you to close the computer or turn the phone over or um, push the game away. If somebody shows it to you on their phone um, or their computer, I want you to say, I don't want to look at that. And I want you to walk away. And so I tell them what it is. I tell them what to do if they see it. And then I end with, and if that happens, come tell me you won't be in trouble you are doing the right thing by coming to talk to me and we'll talk about what you've seen and help you um, understand what was going on. And that empowers your kid and yeah. um, it makes it not scary. If they see it, it makes, it, it gives them tools for a, a concrete thing to do in the moment. You can even act it out like, uh, you know, close ah. the computer Walk away or say, I don't want to look at that and put your hand up and walk the other direction. Um, Just like you would act out what to do if you get lost when you go to Disneyland or the fair. Um, Or if there's a fire, you act out what to do with, you have Mm -hmm. a plan if there's fire. Like, this is just another example. I call it having a porn plan. Um, Everybody laughed at me for that name. (laughs) But I say... You're not going to forget
0: the name. Maybe that can be your book. Maybe that can be your book, your book title. (laughs) Having a porn plan by Greta. A
1: porn plan. Um, But you have to, you have to have a plan. You really do. You have to have, give them an escape plan. Um, So that's what I would say to every parent um, starting what around the age of six or seven. And then that conversation continues as your kids get older. So when you have middle schoolers, if they have a phone or their friends do, you're going to need to talk to them about nudes. Hey, I know kids are sending nudes to each other. Uh, Have you ever gotten one? Have you ever sent one? Do you know other kids who are, what would you do? Like that's the conversation that you need to have when your kids are a little older. And then when your kids are In high school, the conversation is going to change, and you're going to talk about other stuff. But it's not once; it's right. a continuing conversation, and yeah. the content changes as
0: the kids get older and they're exposed exposed to more things. Yeah, you know, it's I can't imagine being a kid right now. I uh, I, know. I, I had this I experience know. when you say the word nudes. Um, I was uh, driving with I've got a friend that has had. This is a couple years ago. Her kids were teenagers already. Mine were still young. Her kids were in high school, and uh, so I remember. I don't know. We were going somewhere. I was with them, and um, and so you know, I ask if they're dating or you know, it's like the thing. I don't know. You're like a nerdy parent, and you're asking like the typical questions. Do you have a boyfriend? You know, whatever. Are you dating? Or um, and and the and the one girl she says to me, you know, all the no, you know, all the guys at the school are jerks. Uh, They all want you to send nudes. That's what she said. And I, Greta, I'd never heard that word before. I'd never heard it. And I was like, yeah. What is that word? And she said it again. And I was like, I really don't even know what you're saying. Like, spell it. And then and then they finally were like, nude photos, you know. And I was like, like Oh, these poor kids. Yeah. Oh, that that yeah. is their pressure as a high schooler, you know, and, and as a middle schooler. High schooler. Yes. Yes. And here is a word that I didn't grow up with. And I felt a lot of peer pressure, you know, in other ways, just, um, all the time. And so this is just a a whole different layer. I think of pressure, um, you know, to say that every guy expects you to, and I'm sure it's not true that it was a hundred percent, but she felt that every, you know, suitable boyfriend expected you to send these nude photos and, um, you know, that's something that you can't ever get back once it's right. sent, and it's out there. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's a lot. But but I think of how helpful is it if we can journey with our kids through that? Because yeah. if this is the world that they're entering and we can't, and even if we put all the filters on their phones and all the, you know, protective parental controls on the computer and, everything we we can do yeah stuff stuff is gonna slip in and it doesn't mean they're a bad kid it doesn't mean you're doing a bad job as a parent it doesn't mean technology is evil it's just the reality because that's um this is a a multi-million it's a billion dollar industry they want to make money they have to make money Mm. by getting people, including kids hooked on their product. So that's what we're up against. So that's the reality. We have to help our kids navigate it. So that means talking to them about things like what to do if somebody asks you for a nude or somebody sends you one, what to do, what is your digital footprint? Like, do they, do they even know that if they send a nude Mm. to somebody and they screenshot it, years forever. Does your kid know about that? Um, That the things that they post stay there, they stay out there. Um, Those are conversations we have with our kids now. And I just, I think it's, um, it's so important for our kids to know we are their Mm -hmm. partners in this. We're not the enemy trying to keep them off of all technology and that we're just waiting to catch them, do something bad. We are there to walk with them, walk alongside them, help them when it's really difficult. um, And to, to offer them something so much better than Mm. um, this false intimacy and false connection that pornography Mm. promises.
0: And that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole other conversation right there too. Is just the why. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. It's something
1: that I really, uh, I'm really passionate about because I think um, we want to vilify people who are using pornography and, and um, we don't always understand why that sometimes a lot of times people are using pornography, even teens and, and younger because they're lonely, they're depressed, they're discouraged, they're bored. Um, And if they're looking for something to fill that void and pornography offers it, they don't know that it's it's not real, that it's false. And so if we can have compassion for our kids as they journey through this and say, I want to help you, I want to spend time with you. Let's go outside when you're feeling bored or discouraged or depressed or lonely. Let's find something yeah. positive to do. Um, those are ways we can help our kids. To find yeah.
0: Us. And, you know, it's interesting. I think um, you just talk about all these conversations and I did a, I did a podcast with Gab Wireless, um, which I know you're familiar with them and they have a non-smartphone, I think they call it, or, you know, a first phone for kids and it's a phone that you can it's just a phone. It's not a phone with the computer internet, you know right. it's just a, you can call and text and um uh, right. I think, and yeah, it's a great and so you know, it was interesting when I talked to them that something I didn't think about was, you know, they said, you know, in every area of life. We teach in small steps. You know, we teach mm-hmm. children the ABCs, and then we teach them phonics, and we start with a tricycle, and and all of these different things. You know, I used to teach swim lessons. You know, so you start with floating. You don't just throw the kid off the diving board, right? And and so yeah. what this what this lady said from Gab Wireless, um, she said, but that's what we're doing with technology is that you know, we're not, we're not teaching in incremental steps, just like how we teach everything else. We're literally just handing them the final product, you know, and like you said, maybe we've got some filters or, or whatever, but you know, there's always workarounds and kids find them and we're just saying, have at it. And so I liked that that stuck with me, you know, because, because there are some things out there where you can start to teach in steps and you can Um, You know, you can find products that still allow your child to communicate, um, but also there's this safeguard around them, you know, until they get older or you just maybe are postponing the inevitable. I don't know, but, you know. You're
1: yeah, well, I think too, like, I mean, cause I have a son, he's, he's almost 18. So he'll be 18 in four months. And in our family, yeah. our rule thus far, what we've st- we're striving for is no smartphones till 18, no social right. media till 18. Um, and, but I'm not going to when he turns 18, just be like, okay, here you go. I hope you figure it out. I hope you don't drown. Yeah. Like, um, but instead to um, to give him that 18 years of foundation of not being tethered to uh, a device is really powerful, I think, yeah. because he had um, this huge chunk of time, formative, formative years to experience um, life without being tethered to, um, a phone. And I I think that's a really valuable gift that we can give our kids. And I do believe it's possible in this day and age. Um, but then once he gets it, because he's going to need one for real life, like when he goes driving far away, like I want him to have Google maps when he's, um, -hmm. you know, applying for a job, uh, you know, gets a job going to college, whatever he's going to need the technology right um and so my job is to teach him when he has it how to use it well and so um that's what we've been working towards and then when he gets that gets that device um we'll continue with it um with the training and with the teaching and accountability and um use learning to use it well yeah so I don't think the conversation even should stop when our kids turn 18. Like, I think this is a conversation parents can have and should have with their young adults because young adults are struggling with this. Like, this is for, you know, five and up. Let's just talk about it and help our kids.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really powerful statement for people to hear that you're waiting till 18. I know that there's a big push of the wait till eighth Um, there's a whole campaign about it and they've got a website and I think that's fantastic too, just this concept of waiting. And actually I talked um, with this Waldorf school today out of Colorado and they Within their whole school system, they have a whole pact where the kids are not allowed to have smartphones until they're in eighth grade. And I thought, that's really good when you have community around you. Um, And and so that pulls off the pressure off the child. I have, um, I'm going to talk about these little uh, moments. I had, uh, um, I used to teach piano lessons it's like my favorite part of life. I can't wait. This is like, I can't wait. I'm like, I can't, we've got these five kids and I can't right now. I just can't pull it off. But someday I hope to be like gray haired lady and teaching 1000 piano students. That's my dream. So this is like my favorite part of life. And I had this little girl who was in kindergarten and she, um, I went home for holiday break and, you know, we didn't have lessons for a couple weeks. And she came back um, after the holidays and said, you know, what did you get for Christmas? And she said, I got a Fitbit, but I'm telling everyone it's my phone. You know, and I thought, oh, the pressure, you know, for little kindergartners. And, you know, so to have a community, you know, for someone to say Greta's son doesn't get one until he's 18. You know, I think that those things are really, I think it's a really awesome that you're sharing that. I think, um, you know, a truth be told, I don't know anyone else. Uh, who's waiting until 18. And so, um, our son is 13. He doesn't have a smartphone yet. He's an eighth grader this year. And so that's good for me to hear. I'm like, we can wait it out. And, and there are these other options, these non smartphones or, or a watch that can make a phone call if you need to communicate or, um, yeah. that Gab has those watches. I mean, there, it, it's such a, there's something, at least there's something, you know, and I'm so thankful for that. And, and I think it's, um, it's so cool. It's very inspiring to hear that you're waiting and then to hear uh, what your plan is after you know after I think he turns 18.
1: That I I always had that goal in mind from the time the kids were were little because really when they were little was when the internet and the internet was already in existence, but smartphones were really, you know taking off and mm-hmm. the iphone and and just like in the course of their childhood i have seen um a lot of uh harm that has come from um that is being done be- to kids because yeah. of pornography and so um i just thought i can't knowing what i know i hear from parents like every day I get messages from parents who tell me my kid's been exposed to porn. Um, my kid's Mm. been using porn, you know, found it, someone sent it to him while he was playing on his Nintendo switch, whatever. Like I I hear from parents and I, and I just, am like, I can't, Mm. um, I, I can't in good conscience just, uh, be like the average American who gives their 10 year old their own iPhone. Like Mm. I just couldn't do it. My heart, wouldn't let me, and and I've had really honest conversations with my kids. I'm like I know sometimes this makes your life harder. I understand yeah. that, and and I'm sorry that it makes your life harder. But my hope is that when you get older, it might not be till you're a parent yourself that you'll say, "My mom did what she
0: thought was best." When the skies open up, while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody and my Vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessis stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, Transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com slash outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot slash outside for 15% off your first order. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot, and for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last-minute get-together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chop's hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good chops price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com slash outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com slash outside120 for $120 off. goodchop.com slash outside120 code outside 120 yeah because she wanted to do the best for us because Mm -hmm. my heart
1: breaks for um so many kids and the the hurting moms and dads that I talk to um and uh, that's why I talk about pornography because this wouldn't be my number one choice for a topic to talk about with people um But I care. I care about kids. I care about your kids. I don't know your kids, but I care about them. I did meet them once, Um, Mm -hmm. and I care about all the kids, the listeners of your show. Um, I care about the moms and dads who feel like, "What do I do?" We aren't like helpless. We we can do it, but it's going to take. It's going to take awkward conversations. It's going to require us to be brave. It's going to require us to maybe live um, life different than um, the norm, like what everybody else is doing, waiting till eighth grade, waiting till 16, waiting till 18, whatever is right for you. But being willing to be different is hard. But man, when we are willing to be different, a lot of times really good stuff comes out of that
0: yeah and that's a really good point. you know I met for the first time ever I met an adult a uh, this twenty eight year old uh man um at a conference we were there with our family but um and he had a flip phone, and that's yeah. all he had, so he couldn't get it was like a group of us and there was like this game night and then I was gonna send a picture you know it was like a group chat I'm sending out the picture and he he didn't have he didn't have it. He didn't have a phone where I could send a photo. He couldn't be in the group chat. And I thought, that's cool. You know, you've yeah. got to be really brave. Uh, and you've got to yeah. be so sure of yourself self, to be able to step out of those cultural norms. And I think I think other people look at it and be like, well, that person's really cool. You know, that they can mm-hmm. still be self-assured. And, uh, you know, they're still having a good life with their flip phone. And um, yeah. I just thought, you know, that was pretty impactful and pretty pretty awesome so so you I think you know your book and your platform um you're in this unique position where people come to you uh and so um one of the questions I was going to ask was and you kind of just answered it but you know there's this hashtag Greta fights porn um you know can you remember when you first used that you know has this been a newer ah. thing? Has it been around for a little while? I, and everyone can use that hashtag. Greta fights porn, and you'll find all sorts of information, statistics. You know um, that you've shared.
1: All oh my posts. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's a good story. Can I tell you the yeah, story? Yeah, I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. We can maybe <laughs> end with that.
1: Okay, um, and I love this story because it illustrates that you are probably going to say the wrong thing. You're going to be awkward with your kids, and it's okay. Yeah. The the trick is to just pick yourself up off the floor and laugh a little and be like, okay, well, that was awkward, but we're going to keep going. Um, what happened was I had started writing about pornography, fighting porn, um, talking to parents. And I had gathered um, like a lot of resources and I was getting more questions and um more uh, comments from parents than I could handle, and so I thought, okay, how can I create a place where um, they can have access to this stuff? Well, I'll, I'll make a highlight on Instagram. Highlights were kind of new, um, okay. and I really didn't know that much about them. But I'm like, this is this is great. It'll all be here, and it'll have links to like the blog posts that people should listen or read, should read, the podcast episodes they should listen to, the books that I recommend everything in one place. It's going to be amazing. Um, like this shows the level of my tech (laughs) capabilities that I thought creating this um, Mm -hmm. highlight on Instagram is going to be amazing. So I worked hard. Like I really didn't know what I was doing, created all the links, got it all set up, right. Put it all together in a semi-organized fashion. And, um, you know, you have to title highlights on Instagram. So we're talking about Instagram and, um, I, I titled it porn resources, exclamation point, and went to bed. I thought it was great. Like porn resources. Here you go. Here's all yep, your yep. resources. And the next morning uh, I woke up and I had a lot of messages from people who were like, Greta, like, we totally know you and we get what you mean, but somebody could not at <laughs> all understand what porn resources, exclamation is. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, oh, you're right. Okay. So I changed it to fight porn exclamation yeah. point. And that just became my hashtag. I was like, okay, yeah. that's what I'm doing. Cause I can't write, you know, Greta's porn hashtag Greta's porn resources. I don't want to you like that <laughs> Yeah. So oh, good. Like, Thank goodness porn. for
0: our and friends, right? Who are like, yeah, that doesn't <laughs> really sound right.
1: <laughs> um, and so that became that was like, that's what I'm doing. I'm here to fight yeah. porn. Um, um, protect kids, empower families, and um, mm, fight I love babies.
0: that. This is your subtitle. You, go. you got the whole thing here. Having a porn plan, protect kids, empower families. There's the title and the subtitle, Greta. There
1: you go. <laughs> you know, it, I, I always need help with titles.
0: <laughs> you know, that's the one thing that you and I have talked about a little bit, which is that um, there are not that many resources for this at this time. And like you said, this is new. If the iPhone came out in 2009, you know, we're talking about something that's just over a decade. And um, so I would encourage everyone to follow. You can follow hashtags, you know, yeah. Greta Fights Porn and you know, I think knowing that there's someone out there that's researching and looking for the information, and if we follow along, you know, you're sharing these things regularly, that's really helpful, um, you know, to parents. I think we're all kind of in the dark here, um, you know, trying to figure I'm out really what to do. Yeah what's that uh, yeah I said I'll do the legwork for you and- <laughs> <I> do. it <laughs> does kind of feel like that just follow <laughs> Greta's hashtag she'll tell you what to do I mean it's a real issue I you know as a child I um you know we um as a as a teenager would go on these trips with our church you know these youth group trips you know whatever a, a weekend at a at a winter place we're in Michigan so you know snow tubing or whatever and, and so our son is at the age and this is a this is a real issue that my husband and I are I think everyone has real issues that they're really struggling through which is you know to send a child in this day and age to um, an experience like that is very different because all the kids have their phones with them and um, you know the chance of you know of exposure to something that you don't want them to see is so much higher and so uh I, we haven't landed. I mean, it's hard to know what to do.
1: You have to talk about them. Talk about yeah. it with them before they go to camp. I mean, I remember the first time I sent my kid to camp. Like, oh, my yeah. son was twelve, and I was like, oh my gosh, like it's scary enough to send your first kid off to camp. Like, yeah. it's terrifying, and then to know this is part of the the
0: the story, it's part like, of the equation like, now, right? It's yeah. it's out there, yeah. yeah.
1: But we talked about it and I gave him tools and talked about what to do. And, you know, um, because that's, we just have to prep. We just have to prepare them as best we can. We can't put them in a, a, there's no such thing as a porn proof force field or a bubble. Like that doesn't exist. Right. But they, they can have tools in their tool belt so that they are empowered. We can be empowered as parents
0: and then we can empower our kids to fight porn. Yeah. Well, Greta, this is really such an important topic. It's such a current topic, and it will continue to be. Um, and so, I just uh, want to thank you for talking about the hard things and for being willing. I know you're. I know you've been on a whole lot of podcasts to talk about this, and um, you you travel the country and talk about it. And so, thank you for being a mouthpiece. Thank you for doing the legwork. Um, for being brave and willing to share what you've learned. And, um and uh I, I'm going to be following along. <laughs> Greta fights porn and I'm waiting for I the appreciate book. It, yeah. And thank you. I, I don't all the listeners, you know, whatever their age of kids, this is coming, you know, like you said, even if they're still young, it's, it's time to think about it and, um, at least have some sort of a plan in place. So uh, I really appreciate your time, Greta. And, uh, we'll see you next month <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> for I the next wait. installment of Greta Eskridge, a hundred days of adventure. So Greta, if people want to find you, um, dot I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, adventuring together is her first book. A hundred days of adventure comes out, um, next month. Greta fights porn is a hashtag that you can follow, and you just want to um, follow Greta on Instagram. Her Instagram handle is Ma and Pa Modern, Ma and Pa Modern, and I'll I'll make sure all that's tagged on there. Uh, she's just someone you want to know, anyways. Uh, her kids have these awesome coloring pages, um, and our kids have awesome. loved those. Yeah. They yeah, have loved those. Awesome. So she's got great things on her website, all sorts of resources. Uh, make sure you check it out and pre-order 100 Days of Adventure is better. You know, you know, you just, if you fill the time and there's less time for screens, I think that's also a small strategy. Um, it's like, yes, you know, it's a big it strategy. Well. I agree. Yeah. Fill our life with the good stuff. Well, Greta, thank you very much. Can't wait to see you next month. Yay. Thanks. <laughs> thank you